You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. There we go. How's it going? Good? All right. Uh, before I start into the message I prepared, last night I was just like, okay, Holy Spirit, is there anything else you want to do tomorrow morning? And uh, anyways, I just felt this, you don't have to respond to it right now, but just felt this, that there may be some here who are just brokenhearted this morning. This has nothing to do with my message, but that's sometimes how the Holy Spirit is. So I just feel like there's some here this morning who maybe you are just brokenhearted, and I just want to encourage you to bring that to your Father this morning. Just bring that to the feet of Jesus, and if you want to get prayer at the end, into that. Thanks, Kel. We would love to pray with you into that and help you lay that burden at the feet of Jesus this morning. So, all right. I'm going to flip that over. So, uh, if you've been coming or tuning in online, you know we've been for the last few weeks on this idea of gospel culture, and we're going to carry on with that again today. And as we've been praying as a team and as a, as a leadership team and a preaching team of just like, okay, what does this look like? We can't seem to get away from unity in the body of Christ. And so you heard about it last week from Kelly. You heard about it from Chris a few weeks past. And you're going to hear about it again from me today. So hopefully you're not tired of it. You shouldn't be because it's super, super important. Like really important. Um, and... So I'm excited as a church here, as a family, we want to display and declare Jesus. And a huge part of that comes from our unity and a place of unity. And that gospel culture is sort of that declaration actually lived out and the display of it. So I'm excited to talk this morning. Um, we're going to be talking today. Last week, Kelly spoke out of Ephesians, right? Yes. Okay, good. I didn't write it down. And then I was like, shoot, I'm going to forget. But I didn't. And today we're going to talk out of John 17. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Um, but if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John 17. We're just going to read verse 20 to 24. And this passage here is how I know that unity in the body of Christ is actually a super big deal. So it says this, I am praying. This is Jesus talking. This is the prayer of Jesus. And just before this, he's prayed for his disciples and his followers. And then he says in verse 20, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That would be all of us. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me, and may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can all see the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Come on. We know unity is important because Jesus, hours, days, I don't know the perfect timeline, but he's about to be betrayed. He goes from this moment of prayer into the, the olive grove where Judas hands him over. He's about to be arrested, denied by his disciples, put on trial, and crucified for us. And what's on his heart as he, is, as he is praying and kneeling before his father? We are. 
our unity is on his heart. His desire that we would be united is on the heart of Jesus as he's about to experience one of the worst deaths imaginable. Like, I, like, oh, my gosh, I was sitting in the office this morning, and, and Amber comes in. She's like, how are you feeling? I just start crying. I'm like, it's so important, Amber. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, it's so important. I'm like, I just want to say it right so they know how important it is. Well, uh, he's about to die, and we are on his heart. His heart and prayer in that moment is that we would experience not like a, a human-level unity, a divine us in God, God in us as the Father and Son are one, we would be one. And if that doesn't blow your human mind, it should. Thank you. Yes, it should, Dave. Like this like unfathomable prayer. And I said to Mike, I'm like, what does that even mean? Like how, how do, what? Like, I can't, I can't even, you guys. It's so beyond my understanding that Bethann and I, Tim and I, John and I, us as the body of Christ, are exposed to experience this level of community and connection that the Father and Son experience. How? How the heck do we do that? Because that, that to me, see, like, oh, that just seems beyond. And... And I was, as I was reading, and I was reading all different, ver- that's usually what I do when I'm preaching, I'll read like so many different translations of the same passage, because I don't think there's one that got it like 100% right. Sorry if I just offended you. Um, I'll read a whole ton, and I'll, I'll read some of the like expanded versions where they put like 42 footnotes on one verse, because I'm just like, there has to be like, help me understand this. And in verse 23, I believe in the NLT, it says perfect unity in... Uh, another version. I can't remember which one. It actually says complete unity. And this sort of blew my like Bible mind. In Aramaic, that actually is talking about to shrink into one. So this desire of Jesus for us to experience this complete unity actually means that I have to go I have to shrink. You have to shrink. We have to, I have to humble and come in humility and say, hey, you know what? My opinions don't matter more than yours. <sighs> hey, you know what? My, my revelation I've received isn't better than your revelation you've received. Show me who, the, show me who you see the Father to be because I just want to know more about my Father. It means us submitting, preferring one another, and getting smaller. I can't come and be like, well, this is me. Take me or leave me. We're supposed to be united. Oh, it would be so nice if that was how it was, right? Like, how great would that be? If I could just bring all of me, all of me, it would be fantastic. My flesh would be so happy but there would be no unity. And I think that would just, and does, break the Father's heart. It breaks my heart when there's not unity. I'm going to try not to cry. I know Caleb's going to watch this later. He's going to be like, cry. Um, He loves it when I cry. I don't emote often. Thank you. 
I know. <laughs> it's the worst. The, the higher we value something, the, the bigger of an opinion we hold on something, the harder it is for us to come into unity with others in that area. Oh, it's so much harder. An area for me, I'm going to oh, I'm gonna be vulnerable. Um, an area for me, oh, it's so hard, Kelly. It's so hard. An area for me that it's really, really easy for me to actually sow disunity within my own heart is actually in the area of worship, which is pretty ironic because I'm like sort of in charge of that here. Ooh, awkward. Um, but those of you who know me and if you ever see me worship or watch me lead, I'm rather demonstrative. I'm pretty full on. I move a lot. You'll see me like swinging my arms and stamping my feet and, and I yell and I shout. And if you come to extended worship nights, it's like even next level. And it can be really easy for me to look out when I'm leading worship and be like, what's wrong with these people? What's, what's wrong with my husband? He's not a demonstrative worshiper. Does he not love Jesus as much as I do? We can laugh, but we say these things. I'm confessing to you that I have said these things. And I sow disunity. By coming into agreement with those thoughts, I sow disunity into the body of Christ. And I'm going against the will of my Father. One of the things I love about our church and love about our worship teams is the diversity that we have. I love it. I love that Gary keeps coming and playing his dobro and, and some of my like most like mind-blowing moments with like the Father God have been with Gary on worship team trips and on things like this and, and I'm going to brag on you Gary because man I love you. And we'll be sitting in these, in these times of worship, and, and even though Gary's not spinning around and yelling like I am and not, he's, you know, he's, he's just there, and oftentimes he has a notebook, and he's just writing things down. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I've had these moments, and then later I'm like, and instead of being like, mm, Gary, like, come on, my soul, don't you get, this is the time, like, show the lion, you know, like, instead of sort of being like, well, you clearly aren't hearing the words right now, no, instead I'm saying, oh, okay, after, it's like, Gary, what were you writing? What were you hearing in worship? What was getting stirred in your soul as we were singing? And we've sat on the ferry on the way back from worship conferences as he's just like, of wisdom and insight and the heart of the Father for the church. And he's, he's like, oh, I thought of this old hymn and this lyric and this scripture. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And when I can put aside my preconceived idea of what worship should look like for everyone, because that's what it looks like for me, worship is essential. How? Not so much which is a really hard thing for me to learn, okay? And don't get me wrong, I do believe there is physical demonstration in worship, but apologies to the camera people, I'm gonna move a lot, sorry Dom, okay? But this is no less of a form of worship than this or this, right? It's being obedient to the Holy Spirit, 
All right, I'm not preaching on worship. I'm preaching on unity, okay? But unity is essential. I have to let go of my opinions on that in order to actually receive Gary's revelation of the heart of the Father. If I come into that conversation with Gary, so Gary, I notice you're not very demonstrative in worship. You are, though. Gary's super demonstrative. Whoever, okay, if I come to a, a brother or sister in the body of Christ and be like, hey, I wanted to talk to you. I'm going to quote some scripture at you right now about um, spinning and singing loud and just noticed you're not very demonstrative. Let me explain to you how you should worship. No. When I do that, I immediately cut off any unity and connection that I could have had with that person versus coming and be like, hey, I would love to know how God speaks to you in worship. You know, and maybe... Maybe it's this beautiful moment of vulnerability that gets to be stepped into where they go, you know what, actually, I've been having such a hard time in worship. And there's an opportunity for growth in unity if I come from a place of humility. If we come from this place of humility and we can be better examples of Jesus and the glory he gave us. It's essential, guys. It's so essential, and it's only even possible because of Jesus. In that verse, it talks about the glory that he gave us. It's only even possible for unity amongst us because of the glory of Jesus, and it's sustained through knowledge of our Father. That's it. I can work super hard, and we are. We are meant to, like, go after unity, but I can work and work and work and work, and if I don't have knowledge of the Father or an acceptance of the glory of Jesus on me, it's just work. And it's going to be false unity because it's only through Jesus and through the Father. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I should have like a MacBook or a, an iPad, but I'm very old school. I have to write it down. Otherwise, it like doesn't get in my brain. University was a nightmare because they talk so fast. And you're like, anyways, okay. So as I was preparing this and Mike and I are talking and, oh, man, if you ever really want to, like, flesh out a subject, just, like, bring it to Mike. Be like, hey, what do you think about this? Be like, well, what do you think about that? Why is it even important? Why is what you're going to say even matter? And I'm like, well, Jesus said it's important. And he's like, so? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's the worst sometimes, go, for real. For real. He's like, move on. Move on, Shark. <laughs> no, because he's like, he's like, I don't just want you to, he's like, I don't, he says, I can read the Bible myself, and I can read it, and I think we can all agree, hey, yep, unity is important, Jeez, because you said it, I believe it, right, he said it, we believe it, complete, download complete, no, it's actually a value we're supposed to live out, not just know. I was talking to Jason last night, and he's like, hey, there's a difference between, like, that spoken value and the lived out value, right? And, and, like, in worship, I can speak out the value, like, come on, like, we're in unity in this, but I'm secretly holding judgment in my heart. It's not actually a lived out value. And as, we were, as I was, like, thinking about that, I was thinking, those of you who have been with the church for a little while, you know the well on this property, Oh, man, it, gives, it has given us some trouble through the years. And we, uh, last year, year before, COVID has thrown my timeline off of everything. 
in the last two and a half years, we ran out of water, like the well went dry. And that is a big problem. Those of you who live on a well, that means your toilets aren't flushing. Ew, this is a very used building through the week. Crossfitters, dance classes, it's a lot of people that go through here. And the toilets weren't flushing. Water isn't on. And so we tried, you know, we tried all the different things to try to get the stream flowing again. And finally, we just had to dig. And those of you who are here, you might remember, we dug, what was it, 600 feet? Yeah. So we dug a new well. It was really expensive. It was a big hassle. We had to like approve budget changes. There was board meetings. There was conversations. My WhatsApp was blowing up for like three weeks all about it. So we spent the money. We did all this work. The guys came. They put in the well. Everything was fantastic. And then a little while later, we ran out of water again. Ugh, Mike, poor, Mike is the facilities manager, so he literally calls me, he's like, I don't know what's, he, he was not happy, he's not a happy camper, and he's like, we just built this well, and we dug it, and we put all this work, and all this money, and it's dry, he's like, so now I'm having to call the well, he was not happy at all, um, and we did all this, and you know what they found, it's actually pretty funny, we built this well, spent all this money, dug 600 feet into the earth, and didn't hook up the pump. We left the pump hooked up to the old well. Well, we didn't, but somebody did. <clears throat> I won't name companies. Um, we'll, we'll add them in the comments later. <laughs> I'm just kidding, that's a joke. Um, <laughs> one little connection needed to be made for 600 feet worth of beautiful spring water and we didn't hook up the pump and so for months we were pumping and trying to get water from this old well and then we're so confused when the water runs out That's kind of like a spoken and a lived out value. So we're saying like, oh, this facility needs water. We're going to dig a well. We're going to do all this. And then we don't hook up the pump. So there's no water. And I can say I value unity. I want to have connection. Oh, but maybe not with you. Oh, come on. Let's be one as Jesus and the Father are one. Oh, you think that? <laughs> I'm going to be one with these people. They think how I think. And we don't hook up the flipping pump. And we lose out on true connection and true communion and true community because we can't humble ourselves. Jason said this thing last night. He's like, we kind of live algorithmed lives. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Wah. I was like, hey, Jason, can you explain that to me? It's been a long day. And he's like, well, like on our Facebook and Instagram and those of you on social media, you, you, you have algorithms. There are algorithms, all these fancy computer things that, that give you this beautiful curated feed of all the things you love and care about. 
And that's what you look at. And, and after long enough of being like, clicking, I don't want to see this, or I don't want to see this, or liking posts, it learns. And it only shows you what you're going to like. Because it wants you to have a positive experience when you open your Instagram or open your Facebook. So Mike, he really, I'm just going to use you a lot today. Um, it's safe. He can be mad at me later if I say something he doesn't like. His Instagram is full of steak. <laughs> It's the best. As his wife, I'm super grateful. Like, I'm just like, I love it. There's like, I love it. His Instagram's just steak and lamb and, and all these like cuts of meat. And I'm like, you, you lead a weird existence, dude. But that's what, he, that's what he's interested in. And so that's what it's full of. Like, it's so weird. Drew's like, preach, so good. Okay, but, but that's, what, that's what he views. That's what his, like, most days what he looks like. And then the rest are, like, dumb fail videos and stuff like that. Things that he just finds funny. My Instagram, my Facebook, very different. Very different. I get, like, worship fails things, and, which are so funny. If you don't follow worship fails on Instagram, oh, my gosh. It's so good. So humbling and so good all at the same time. Um, I get worship fails and dance studio stuff and parenting things. Apparently, my interests are broad and far. Um, but I get this huge, varied thing, and, and we can do that with the people in our life. I can go, hey, you worship how I worship. And you, like, you parent exactly how I parent. This is fantastic. We're never going to fight. We're not going to have any conflict. This is, isn't that what this should be? Right? Conflict-free. Since 93. I don't know. Um, sorry, I'm weird like that. But Kelly made reference to it last week. We're called to bear with one another in love. It's not hard for me to hang out with people who are exactly like me, who think how I think and are interested in what I'm interested in. I don't really have to bear with them. but we're actually commanded and called to bear with one another in love. So that, to me, sort of communicates that maybe I'm meant to be around people that I actually have to bear with. And it's hard. It should be hard. If walking in community is just like this easy sort of thing, I would maybe question whether you're actually fully walking with the complete body of Christ or if you've created yourself this little subculture body of Christ where you all just agree all the same things and you don't have to grow or bear with one another in love. And I love Tori Lay. Oh my gosh, if you ever need some humor in your life, just follow Tori Lay on Facebook. She put this photo up. It's a totally different... Do you have it? Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. This like spoke to me, you guys. This photo spoke to me. This is a different portion of scripture, but I'm going to use it anyways. Okay, imitate me. This is Paul speaking. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. There's Christ. There's Paul, and there's me. All right, but we all sort of think in our head, we all think of our head that we look like the original Spider-Man. We all walk in, we're like, I am, I am complete. I am in imitating Christ. Y'all fault. Come on. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. But in reality, we all sort of look a little more like that. And if you think you don't, 
Just hang out with some people who you don't agree with and see what comes out. Because I think it's going to be a bit more like that middle guy there. And a bit less like the complete perfection, glorious Christ. You can take it down now. Thanks, Starla. I just love that picture. And it's hard. But we're all imperfect. And we're, we're all called to this high standard of living. But we're all imperfect. And so there has to be this bearing with one another, this humbling ourselves before one another and before Christ and saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to go after Jesus. Do you want to come with me? Okay, I know we think different things on that. That's okay. We want to go after Jesus, and we're just going to trust. He's going he's to work that out in our hearts. We're actually going to trust the Holy Spirit to do his job, and I'm not going to do it for him. Exactly, Essie. And so my challenge, I guess, would be also to, yes, get your knowledge of the Father on point. You know, be constantly seeking, like, God, I need to know you more. I am failing at this life thing and this unity thing, so I think I really need to get some knowledge of the Father. Yes, 100%, absolutely. But there's also things we can do to partner with the Holy Spirit in that. And so one of the things I'm going to encourage you all to do is actually to expand your circle a little bit. I know. I know. It's really hard, guys. But... It's super important. And the last couple of years, like Mike sort of started taking up fishing. And, and so I started going, I should have put up pictures of this. Oh, well, if you want to see pictures of fishing, just go on like Drew's Facebook or Mike's Facebook or my or Bruce's. There's a whole bunch of guys here. Anyway, so, so we sort of immersed ourselves into this little fishing subculture. And it is a culture. Let's be honest. Fish, fish like I have never like, there's, there's this weird joy you get when it's like, Exactly, yes. Okay, and anyway, so we sort of immersed ourselves in this culture, and I was like, I don't know any of these people, and it's super hard for me to learn new things in front of people. I really hate it. I hate it so much. It's the worst. I like just being awesome at everything um, and, and learning how to be awesome at everything in private. And then I'm like, look, I'm awesome at everything. And so, like, my friends were so kind, and they took me, like, alone on the river. Bruce and Mike were like, okay, here's how you cast and reel before, like, all the, like, fishing magnets came down to the river where I'm like, oh, look at me go, oh, my gosh. Anyways, we've gone for a few years now, and all of a sudden I'm hanging out with and having conversations with all these people that I would never have hung out with or had conversations with before about Jesus and the church. And, and on this last trip we went on, we got to go for dinner with uh, Paul and Fanny Vermes, who are awesome. But, man, I was terrified of Paul. He knows this. I told him. I asked for permission to talk about this this morning. I was like, Mike, he, he's, oh, he scares me a little. Mike's like, what? He was so, like, dumbfounded. But I was like, he's just so wise. And he was so intimidating for me. Like, he's not a scary person, but I was very intimidated. And so Mike's like, hey, why don't we do dinner with them? I was like, oh, Okay. Oh, let me go do some deep breathing. I will prepare myself. Let me read up on some scripture so I have some things to say. Like, I was like, okay, this is a great idea. And so they come, and they're sitting down on our porch, and, and I was like, okay. And it wasn't like, hey, be brave, Charlotte. Come on, strengthen yourself. It was like, okay. These are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we just started talking, and we shared, and we talked about church. And, and you know what? I learned a lot about Father God. 
And I learned a lot about what unity in the body of Christ is. And I learned a lot about worship in church from just sitting down and having a conversation with them. And we didn't agree on everything. And that's okay. Because what I learned in that conversation was, even though we don't agree in everything, the general heart is the same. That Jesus would be glorified through our lives and that the church would be unified. The heart was there. And that's all that mattered. And I'm not so scared of Paul anymore. <laughs> Who is on the youth trip with Consumed right now. Like, come on, that's awesome. And I was thinking about other examples. Hey, what does this look like? Another example that came to my mind is these worship nights that we're doing. The next one is next Sunday night. We've been doing them with Gateway and uh, Keystone Church. And oh my goodness, it's been fantastic. It's been fantastic. These two other churches, and there's other people that come, and pretty sure they have some different theology than we do and have some different ideas of worship and things like that. But we come in, and we come into the presence of God, and we say, hey, Holy Spirit, lead us. And it has been so fruitful and so good. And we come in, and, and we don't go, okay, well, hey, it's at our church, so we're in charge, and, um, and we're going to lead everything. And actually, I loved what's happened. When we went to Gateway, Kelly and I led like 80% of the worship time, we come here and the two guys lead most of the worship time. We're like, hey, you guys take it. Come in our house, lead. And we're going to Keystone at the end of this month. And I love it. I love, there's sort of this like, okay, let's just do this together. And it has been so good. We've been trying, making an effort to take meals together and eat together and build relationship and build community and oneness And then recently, Mike and I, we've sort of been connecting with Amy and Casey. Amy's at the back there. I'm assuming Casey's out with the kids. They're a new family in our church. And we're just like, hey, come for lunch. We didn't know them. Come for lunch. And then we were like, let's be vulnerable. And we shared stories and we talked about it. And I, you know what happened? I learned more about the father. Because they've walked a journey with the Lord that I haven't walked. Which means they've had an experience, revelation, and Jesus coming and meeting needs that I haven't experienced. And they've been on mission to places that I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And so they come to our house for lunch, and then we go to their house for dinner. And I find myself in this place of vulnerability with them where I'm sharing some of the hardest things I've ever had to walk through in my life. And we leave, we get in the car, Mike's like, whoa. And I was like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Amy's like, yes! <laughs> like I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh. oh, I just shared a, I shared a lot. And I literally messaged them because I was, I felt weird. Like I was like, I'm so sorry I talk so much. I, I don't know what happened. Uh, and they were like, no, it was good. It was good. And, and, but it took a bit of courage and took some vulnerability to go, hey, here's, Here's what Jesus walked, has walked me through, and it hurt a lot. And now there's this point of connection and unity with us that is divine. Because the Holy Spirit was there, the presence of God was there, that allowed for these places in me to be unlocked. 
and they got to bear my burdens with me, even though they've met me like three times. And I'm not saying just go into random strangers' home and like unlock the deep secrets of your heart, but maybe when the presence of the God is there and the Holy Spirit is leading you, do it. <laughs> Another big example that came to mind when I was thinking about unity, because I was like, what does this look like in practice? Because again, we can talk about it and I can, I can preach at you and we can say amen and we can hear great sermons on unity like we've been hearing and then just walk away and have nothing change because we agree. We agree. And I was thinking about uh, the transition in leadership that took place here at LifeTree over the last many years. And it took a long time. And I was on team and on leadership before transition, during transition, after transition, before transition, during transition, after transition. We got to walk through a lot of that as a leadership team here, and it was really hard. And there was a lot of bearing with one another in love, and a lot of humbling ourselves that need to happen. Because Mike and I were fairly like go-getter kind of people. Like we're like, hey, decision made, fantastic, let's go. But when you work with people, you're a team. When you're working for the unity of the body of Christ, there's a shrinking into one that has to happen, which means what is affecting that person's heart in transition matters to my heart. And there was this this passion for unity to be maintained throughout these various transi transitions our church has walked through to the point of bringing in people from out of city, brought Kim and Darlene in to come and sit in our living rooms. And they came, they sat in Mike and my living room and be like, okay, what are you feeling? And, it was, and there was times where it was like, not pretty, because it's hard. Any transition is hard, but can be done beautifully with unity maintained and it is a testimony to the heart of unity within this church that Jason and Christine sit and come and Bruce and Lorraine sit and come as leadership has changed and team has shifted. So much team has remained because there's an understanding. It's not about this like hierarchy of, okay, well, that's my job title and that's your job title. And no, it's like, no, we're meant to be united as the body of Christ. But it takes time and we had to allow for hard conversations to happen. And we had to allow for conflict and the Holy Spirit to come and speak to our hearts to happen when it would have been sometimes easier to just run ahead. So what does that look like in our life? What does it look like for us as individuals to eagerly go after unity in the church? Because I can post verses about it. And I can preach about it. And we can sing songs about it. But it's not an easy thing. It's going to be hard work. It's going to mean rubbing shoulders with people who believe different things than you believe. and going after Jesus together. 
It looks like sitting around a campfire. We did this with some people in our home, talking about really hard topics like gender and sexual orientation and all these, the church's response to that. And instead of sitting and coming in a place of like, okay, well, this is what is what should be. You shouldn't think that. You should think this. Instead of doing that, the heart of it was, okay, well, where's Jesus in this? And we had a campfire surrounded people that all thought a bit differently on all these topics. And instead of me and Mike coming and being like, well, we're going to come in and change your mind. Instead, it was like, okay, well, where's the Father? Hey, Jesus, how do you, how do we respond in this? How do we have this conversation in love? How do we bear with one another in love right now? Because anything other than that sows disunity. And we won't survive it. And the world won't believe our message. If we're not united, if we can't figure out how to work together, how to release people to the calling that they have and and not be envious of it and and not be like, well, I wanted that part and I wanted that position. And I, hmm. if we just realize, hey, we're a body and we all have different parts and different functions and and we're going to do that in unity. And yet your perspective is different than mine. But let's go after Jesus together. Because it says it's our witness to the world. That's how they'll know that Jesus came from the Father. Our unity. If that's not a little terrifying. <sighs> if that doesn't sort of sit in your heart and go, oh, this matters. Because we can, we can preach the gospel and we can, we can do all this and, and talk about Jesus and, and be like active missionaries in our workplaces. But if we are not united as the body of Christ... They're not going to believe that it's true. They'll know we're Christians by our love. And then in John 17, it talks about they'll believe, they'll know that I was sent by the Father because of their unity. Because they're one as you and I are one. It's heavy. It's important. So how do we walk that out? What does it look like? How do I keep doing this? And so these are sort of, we're actually just going to like, I don't have, I was like, how can I facilitate discussion? Nothing like that. We're just going to do some heart business with the Lord this morning. And I just, I didn't give these questions to Starla, so just remember them in your head. But we're going to take, oh, we're going to take a couple minutes, and it might be uncomfortable for you, but sometimes going after unity is uncomfortable. Often is. It can be a little awkward. But we're just going to sit, and I want you just to do some business with the Father and I want you genuinely to ask him and say, hey, Jesus, Father, how can I seek to promote unity within the body? What needs to decrease in me so that your glory can be better represented? So we're going to take a minute. I want you to ask that of the Father. You don't have to share your answers, but just take a minute.
Father, are there areas that I've been sowing disunity? This is just your personal business with Jesus right now. Are there habits I've been living out that are sowing disunity within your body? And then last thing, I just want you to take a minute and say, hey, Jesus, is there someone that I'm supposed to be building some connection with? Is there someone that maybe is outside of my comfort zone that I'm supposed to be coming humbly, <laughs> shrinking myself down so that me and that person or me and that group of people can experience the unity that you desire for us. And I genuinely want you to ask him for names. And then my challenge to you is actually to do something about it. Whether that looks like a text or a phone call or, hey, let's go out for coffee. Maybe they live far away and it's just an email or a phone call, whatever it is. But we're going to take... 30 seconds, and if there's names that come into your mind, write them down, put them on your phone, set a reminder, and intentionally go after building unity within the body of Christ. So Jesus, who's on your heart for us? Who have we maybe allowed disunity to shape a relationship with? Who do you want us to reach out to this week? So again, I'm not going to ask you to share here in this big public setting about maybe some of the things, but I really, really encourage you, if, there's, if there is like a small group you're part of, or maybe it's your spouse or a friend, that you're going to be like, hey, you know what? Because we're called to confess to one another, which is also really hard. But maybe you're like, hey, you know what? I've been sowing some disunity. And I don't want to do that anymore. Here's my confession. Will you help me? Will you help me in this? Will you help me stay accountable? And hey, here's who, here's who I think I'm supposed to talk to this week. Because then there's another chance for unity and accountability to be grown. So that's my challenge to you guys this week, and I'm going to let you go, is to take some of, I believe that the Lord speaks, and if he didn't speak to you right now, keep asking him about this through this week. Because we don't want to just hear the word, we want to do the word. Right? So keep asking the Holy Spirit about this week. Maybe there's instances in your life that you need to actually go back and rebuild some bridges and fix some things and ask the Holy Spirit to help. And it might be really hard. Because we're all just trying to be a bit more like Jesus every day, but we're not perfect. But it's important, and it's essential to be in the church, because otherwise we're just a social club here on a Sunday hanging out. I don't want to be a social club. feels like a really heavy place to end, but 
sometimes it's a little heavy. The call of God on our life is sometimes a little heavy. <laughs> but we had to come and say, Jesus, help. <laughs> Holy Spirit, help. I want to sow unity so that people will know that you've sent me, so that people will know that you sent your son. And so power will break out like we talked about last week with Kelly. There's power that's released in unity. But we have a part to play in that. So that's it. So Jesus, help us. <laughs> that is my prayer, my super spiritual prayer for you guys this week. Jesus, help us. Help us to be good representatives of you. Help us to go after deeper knowledge of our Father. Help us to be empowered by your Holy Spirit and the glory that you've given us to go after unity as a body, to walk in humility, to shrink ourselves down so that what remains is you. Amen. Amen. If you want prayer this morning, we'd love to pray with you. Otherwise, have a wonderful day. Maybe have lunch with someone you wouldn't normally have lunch with. I don't know. Who knows? All right. I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Life Tree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.